Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and tight. you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Richard, how about that run from KJ last night and back-to-back bowl MVPs from a kid from Sardis, Mississippi? Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty pretty crazy. Uh, you, you you thought that uh, maybe the uh, guy that was had a hold of him was going to hold on and onto him uh, long enough for another defensive lineman to to, to kind of finish him off, but uh, obviously that didn't happen, and then. Uh, Got away, then uh, broke the, broke the other uh, other tackle and just bounced off those guys. Just yeah, that, I mean we we saw that before. It kind of reminded you of the BYU uh, uh, play that uh, that that uh, he he broke away from those guys. So uh, it, when you're six three, two forty, two forty five, uh, you refuse to go down like KJ. Uh, things like that can happen, but it's it's not something that you see very often, obviously. We got a couple texts in here. I'll read this first one from JT and Hot Springs. He's already wondering about transfer portal secondary players and signees. Now, I know the kid from Frisco, Texas, is the highest signee in this class. Like, I'm forgetting his name, but who are some guys that Arkansas fans need to be aware of, true freshmen that might get on the field in the secondary, and some guys that you think they might still be on the portal in the secondary yeah, uh, as far as the portal, I think you, I think you'll start maybe seeing some names come out, uh, especially as we get closer to January the fourth through the eighth. Uh, but uh, as far as the freshmen, uh, you know, Christian Ford is a guy from uh, uh, to, to keep an eye on from McKinney, Texas. Uh, he, he he's a safety type, and then uh, T.J. Metcalf from Alabama, uh, about six one, about one eighty eight. He's a guy that uh, kind of improved his stock and uh, was elevated to a four-star by one uh, recruiting service. But uh, then uh, R.J. Johnson could play safety or corner at, at Arkansas, uh, and he's a guy that uh, met, had around 30 offers. I mean, he, he really had a, a, an impressive offer list. But uh, those are some of the guys that you'll be looking at that uh, – I think last night you saw Jalen Lewis play last night. Uh, he's the guy that was highly recruited uh, in the 22 class. Uh, obviously one to keep an eye on. But, uh, yeah, I do, do expect uh, uh, some safeties in the portal uh, to, uh, to emerge at some point. Yeah. You know, I, I want to come back to KJ for just a second. We always make the narrative or, or, or push the narrative, make the point when he's playing in Oxford – and down in Mississippi, how important those games are to him. I'm sure playing in the Liberty Bowl, I mean, it, it's not like that's far from Sardis either. I'm sure had tons of family there last night. I'm sure being the bowl MVP last night was a was a huge lift for him, Richard, just because that that's still right in his backyard. Absolutely. And, you know, to be able to do that and, and uh, obviously, you know, to almost lose the game when you, you really had the game and, and – and, uh, uh, kind of sold up really and then and kind of let it slip and, and, and then to still be able to make the plays and make, you know, it is, it's kind of like uh, this season, Arkansas was a player too from, uh, you know, winning some of those games that they lost. And, you know, obviously it would have been uh, much worse if uh, they would have lost last night, but they didn't, they made, they made one more play than, uh, than Kansas did. So, uh, and uh, KJ was a big part of that and, he can hold his head head high, and uh, he, he was a, obviously a big reason uh, why Arkansas came with the W. What do you think happened? Where did the game change? Uh, we've kind of surmised it was on the, the the fumble on the play with Landers that went to replay, and it didn't go Arkansas's way. What, what do you think was the moment where that twenty five point lead really 
you know, fully was it was it was in free fall motion, tailspin motion. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you guys. Uh, the, the, the 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 fumble that wasn't a fumble, or or I mean, I I, I get I get the. I get sometimes when they go with the play on the field and that you, you get another crew that, that might've, that, that probably would have been overturned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 and I think also with the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, oh gosh, the, the targeting, I think that, that another crew might've overturned that. So, it, uh, th- that was a fifty-fifty uh, call, in my opinion. Uh, even though I thought the I thought the uh, fumble was, I thought it seemed pretty clear that it wasn't a fumble. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was forced by the by the ground, but uh, that 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 was the turning point there. I mean that 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 was the ball game right there. If you if uh, if that wasn't uh, you know a fumble, you know, according to the officials, so. Yeah, that that was uh, that was, and then 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 obviously all the craziness that happened after that. Yeah, Richard Davenport with us here on the morning rush. All right, now that it's all over, the the dust will settle over the next day or so. What are the next moves you expect out of this football program? Obviously, you got a new uh, defensive coordinator in Travis Williams. Is it coaching staff changes? Is it hard intensity on the portal? What do you think happens over the next uh, week, ten days? Yeah, well, uh, January fourth and through the eighth, uh, I expect a lot of activity. You already have one confirmed uh, uh, visitor uh, coming in, uh, Jake Roberts uh, from North Texas, the tight end. He'll be coming in, and I think Ernstall's in pretty good shape with him, six five, two hundred fifty pounds, and really kind of blew up uh, when talking to him. He was kind of surprised. He was expecting some uh, when he entered the portal, some some uh, interest, but uh, I mean, he is. Uh, Arkansas and a ton of other schools have extended offers and they're getting, they're going to get that first uh, visit. So, and I think with him being from Oklahoma, I think that's a big deal that, uh, you know, for, for Arkansas to get that uh, first visit, he's very familiar with the program. He wanted to go to Arkansas coming out of high school. So uh, I think, uh, I think Arkansas may have their tied in, but at the same uh, coming out of the portal, but at the same time, he does plan to make some other visits, but, uh, uh, I, I think the portals of uh, right now, I, I'm starting today, is the full focus of the of the program. When we think about Memphis, we think about basketball. Richard, last night though, you did win football wise. He was talking about KJ not being too far away. What's the football recruiting landscape like in Memphis? And did last night help you kind of in that territory? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it could a little bit. Uh, I, I think. Uh, you know, it, Memphis is not a big, big, you know, uh, area for for recruiting, but uh, for for Arkansas, but they, they have gotten some guys out of there, even with uh, Coach Pittman uh, uh, being being in Fayetteville. But uh, that, you know, the, the, they may get a, a guy or two out of there every so often. But uh, you know, maybe maybe you know, maybe uh, Travis Williams has uh, some ties that we don't know about in Memphis or. Or, or Coach Turner has some ties in Memphis that we don't know about. I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out in the future. But uh, obviously, Memphis has been pretty good to Arkansas in the past, and and maybe uh, you know that they they start hitting that area a little bit more in the future. Hopefully so. I know it's been big for Arkansas basketball over the years, and I know Patrick Kutas, I think he's from Christian Brothers, but there's not a lot right. of Memphis guys that I think about on this roster. Uh, Richard, last thing for me, when you think about this football team now heading into 2023, 7-6 sounds a lot better than 6-7. and seven. You've got some momentum coming off that win. What kind of thought process do you think people are going to have of Razorback football in 2023 after a 7-6 and six season? Well, like you said, I mean, a, a win, a win is, a, is much better taste in the mouths of, uh, of people within the program, and then uh, kids, uh, you know, around the country. You know, that, that's that's a plus. Uh, I think, uh, you know, hey, you just you just build off of that and go forward and, and try to finish finish strong in the portal uh, over the next week or so. And then uh, whatever you don't have, uh, you know, portal-wise, you, you focus in the, in the spring. And Arkansas in the past has has done very well in the portal in the springtime. So I know sometimes, you know, you want to have everything sewed up uh, 
you know, in January. But the last year they had five guys uh, enroll early uh, from the portal. They have five guys right now that will, will, will enroll early. Looks like that they'll probably, you know, beat that uh, by by a few, you know, as far as the portal for, for, for this year. So I think they're on target there. And then obviously just try to get better in, uh, this spring and through the off season and, and, uh, and try to do better than a seven and six next year. Richard, this is our final visit of 2022. Any, uh, any new year's resolutions you're taking to the committee before we, uh, before we visit next year with you? Uh, no, I'm not a big, uh, new year's, uh, new year's, uh, resolution guy. I, I feel like that, you know, you, each day you, you have that opportunity to, to, to be determined to, to, uh, make some changes and it doesn't have to, have to be just for January the 1st or whatever. Uh, I've never been a big, uh, big person to set goals, uh, just because it's a new year. All right. Well, have a good new year's uh, weekend and we'll talk to you next year here on the morning rush. Sounds good guys. We'll see you. That's weird saying next year. Yeah. I guess that's where 29th. we are. That, you guess. I'm still waking up. Yeah. I'm trying to figure this out. Come on, man. You got to snap to it. Got to get with it here. Hey, you know, I, I know there were a lot of people um, in Memphis that uh, were happy to have the Bentley Sports app. We've been talking about that because it's the only sports app that works in both states. You know, Arkansas has passed a law, but Bentley's available in Tennessee and in Arkansas. And if you don't have the Betley app, it wasn't it wasn't available to you in downtown Memphis. So, what is Betley? You may, maybe have been heard about this. Betley is again the only book that works on both sides of the Memphis Bridge, and uh, it was it's easy to use, it's fun, it's easy to na- navigate. All you got to do is download the Betley Sports app right now in the Apple or Google Play Store, or visit Betley.com, and you can create your account and you're you're ready to go. I mean, it's not hard, it's not difficult, and. If you're a new customer, if you haven't done that yet, you haven't downloaded the Betley app, let me tell you about a $250 risk-free first bet that you can get with Betley. You don't want to miss out on this this chance. So with all the big bowl games coming up, a couple of days away from the national semifinals, all of these things are you know just right here for us. You can pick your sport. You can pick your game. You can pick your bet. And uh, pick the amount you want to wager. And right now, uh, cash in with a $250 risk-free first bet when you sign up with Betley. So it's easy to download. It's easy to do. Download the Sportsbook app now. Again, in the Apple app or Google Play Store or visit Betley.com. And make sure that you take advantage of the $250 risk-free first bet available to new customers with Bentley. Must be 21 or older, located in Arkansas or Tennessee to bet. Play responsibly. If you need help quitting, call 800-522-4700. Go to Bentley.com and download the Bentley Sportsbook app today. No, JW had an issue with officiating last night. You and I were talking during the break. It was a Pac-12 crew, mm-hmm. and you brought up something that well, I was not unaware a very, of. I mean, everybody, now, I, I get, and this is a fan take, and it's this way with all the fan base. We all think they're out out to get our team. Arkansas is no different than and Alabama thought the same things this year at points. Ole Miss, Mississippi, we all think that. So we're not alone in that thought that the league has got some kind of grand conspiracy that everybody's in on but us. It's not true, but we all think that way. But we also, I can't tell you how many times we get this tweet, hear this call, say it to our buddies, the officiating in the SEC is the worst in the country. Well, I think last night, and again, there's been other instances, and if you paid actual attention this year, you realize it's not. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say it's the best either because best is in the beauty of the eye of the beholder. But I can tell you, as having a little knowledge of this and talking to people in the industry and knowing what goes on, the Pac-12 football officiating is without question the worst in the country. And last night it was on full display at the Liberty Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so... For everyone that wants to complain about what goes on in the SEC, imagine having that every week in your game, something of that quality. And it's not just, well, that's one of the worst packed. No, you don't get, they don't send their bottom half to bowl games. You got to earn your way as an officiating crew into a bowl game. This was a crew that made by back 12 standards. Did you not just hear what I said? I'm chuckling. That's what. I mean, do you get into bowl games if you win four? No, you don't. Same thing. They send their best crews. I'm not saying that's the best Pac-12 crew, 
but it was amongst their best to you, make a bowl game. I thought you guys just drew straws for who goes where. Well, again, that's because you always have the fan take on it. That that, it, but it is the it commissioner, measure, huh? Or you pay the commissioner so we can go to a bowl game. Anyway, looking at that game last night, I mean, replay. I thought let let the crew down on two occasions last night, particularly the fumble. Now, with the targeting call, we hadn't talked about the targeting call with McAdoo. Okay. In overtime, what did you think? Let's hit. Let's get the fan take. What you think? <laughs> because that's your take. Is always the fan take. All right. So Daniels is falling backwards, and Quincy does use his shoulder, but does it in the neck or head area. So by rule, you thought he led with the shoulder, but into Daniels' neck or head area. Where? Uh, Hang on, you didn't think McAdoo led with the? You didn't think there was helmet to helmet contact at all when watching the umpteenth angle on on the replays? I think you can make a helmet to like he was leading with his helmet on almost any tackle nowadays. I mean, I thought he should. I I hate saying this, but I thought he should have been ejected. Like uh, we're did? we're splitting hairs. Yeah. Okay. Here's what I thought. But I thought play. they they were going to toss him before on that one hit he had. I why, thought, why would you think that? Because I it was a big hit, and refs sometimes so? just throw the flag, and then they review it and see if it was targeted or not. Well, and uh, even the Pac-12 crew could get that right. So that again, check mark against Ty there. I mean that that was we can come back to that hit, but the the one you're talking about that was the absolute decleater is the way they want you to hit in today's game. I may be wrong about this, but I think I'm right. I don't understand how there's a flag on the field and all that congestion. Right, because there was a lot of bodies around Daniels as the ball's coming loose. You got the ball to consider and officiate. You got was it three or four Razorback defenders around the yeah, one Kansas player, Daniels? How do you? I would love to know because I never saw where the flag came from. Back left corner. So it's from the center judge. Um, how you had the angle to see that? I could get with the idea of no flag on the field, but. The replay booth initiate. Oh, that would have been horrible for our back fans. But 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 I mean, just get with me on this. Listen to what I'm saying. If it had played out that way, I could feel a lot better about how that play was worked versus the way it turned out. I don't know how anyone on the field could have had the angle with all the bodies because to me, the only one that could have seen that possible contact from from what I could tell and kind of putting the angles together would have been the back judge maybe or one of the the deep wings. But it comes from the other side, and they got I, I, I could have, in the end, as painful as it is, I think there was clear video evidence that there was contact with the crown of the helmet <laughs> to the quarterback, so, but I don't know how you saw that on the field to throw a flag, and I think the reality is if there's no flag on the field, the game is over at that point. So we have that, the... Matt Landers fumble, though, didn't make a lot of sense. The Bryce Stevens personal foul didn't make a lot of sense. What's another play? Maybe I'm missing one. Well, those were the three that I know. The reason, I mean, again, the the Matt Landers fumble, that's how you're supposed to work that play, right? Let it play out, let replay fix it. And replay, in my opinion, didn't fix it. I mean, there was plenty of, I thought, I thought there was abundant video evidence. Is that Pac 12 replay? Yes. Okay. Bring the whole cruise, my understanding. Um, that's exactly how it's done. That that did, did not always used to be that way. Now they keep the crew that the league's intact in that. Um, it is. Uh, I thought there was plenty of video evidence to substantiate yeah. overturning the call in the field. But what we all have to to realize, and we know this, but let's remind ourselves of this: the call on the field is the most paramount thing in any of these plays. It's the it's the biggest thing in all of it is the call on the field. But I thought there was enough angles in what they presented to us on TV, at least. And I assume the booth got the same angles that we got on TV. I can't imagine yeah. they didn't. To say, no, he was down. I mean, he had the ball in possession with his forearm on the ground. I That one left my uh, head scratching. So, I mean, for everyone, again, I'll say it for the umpteenth time that Kraft always defends the officials. I thought they got that one wrong, as wrong could be last night. I'll say that one more time. I don't. I mean, you, you just heard me. I, I don't always. I just defend the truth, not the officials. It's on your Twitter bio <laughs> because I have to say that because no one they only hear what they want to hear. Oh, it's cute. It's cute. All right, let's talk cute. to David in South Arkansas. David, good morning, man. Man, boy. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Tommy, since you were going off on the officials, I just wanted to chime in with a couple of 
questions. I know they were Pac-12, and I've tried to find this out before. How are these officials assigned to the various bowl games? Is it the NCAA? Mm -mm. Who assigns these crews? Who makes that decision? And also, I had Quinn and Chuck on, and to me it all started, I think, in the second quarter when they took back the flag for pass interference and they called it legal contact and Quinn just went ballistic on that and (laughs) inconsistencies throughout. I don't know what happened with an interception. We got called for unsportsmanlike conduct. I guess the guy was dancing. They really didn't show replays. No, he spun the ball after the – yeah, McLaughlin. He, he, he built a he built a stinking campfire. You, you can do that do in that. National Football League. Like, okay. I'm sitting here like Dwight. What are you doing, dude? Like, you okay, can't but do that. also when I see like the Kansas guys jumping up after a tackle, running ten yards, you know, going yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thinking, okay. Anyway, to me, the targeting call I thought his helmet came in and hit the guy up in the chest where the ball was. Of course, there's going to be a helmet contact because you got four guys around shoulder pads everybody banging and hitting on the guy and he's like a foot off the ground coming in you got to be low but anyway just a good way to end except our defense just totally collapsed i agree with you about the onside kick the guy's just standing there instead of trying to go for the ball it's like Mm. go for the ball but at least we pointed out, oh, and on the basketball team, whatever those uniforms were, we were wearing need to be end. forbidden ever, ever. Yeah. I can't, I don't know. I couldn't figure out if they were green or white. Anyway, thanks, guys. Thanks, yeah. David. I don't know why the U of A continues to put oh. out those uniforms from time. This is a young. This is a 28 year old telling you stop that crap. Stop it in football. Stop it in basketball. Baseball. Just here, stop here. wearing anthracite. Here, here. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, what is the one word that you would used to describe this football season. 877-377-6963. I looked it up. Roller coaster is actually one word. Some would say confusing is another word that can be used with this team in this football season. As we close down here in 2022, what is one word that you use to describe this football season where they end 7-6? and six? Would schizophrenic be too severe of a word? I mean, because they were... I mean, Jekyll and Hyde's not one word. So, trying to think... Because... Neurotic, erotic, not erotic. Not not that one. I mean, this, <laughs> neurotic, pr- pr- cancel both of those words uh, on this conversation. Um, and a lot of it had to do with injury, particularly the health of your quarterback. I mean, when KJ was banged up, couldn't play, couldn't start, couldn't go at all, uh, played less than 100% like we saw against Liberty. I mean, those those were the games where you didn't play like yourself. And when KJ was healthy, good to go, you look like a different team. So, however you want to describe it, they look like, you know, you're looking for one-word answers here, but they were Jekyll and Hyde, but I think it really comes back to how healthy was KJ Jefferson when it was when it was game time. And there were too many instances this year where the health of the quarterback wasn't where it needed to be, and you had no one else to turn to, which is not uncommon. They could keep you at that level. And, um, and Arkansas's offense had to completely and dynamically change as a result of that. So that, to me, kind of wraps this season up in a, you know, a, a di- I mean, a disappointing 7-6. and six. You're glad you made a bowl game. You're glad you have a winning record. It's good for Sam. He got a little boost in his contract as a result of a seventh win. But the, but the reality is, if KJ's healthy, a few things different happen along the way, like a kick against A&M. You know, we're probably talking about a different story today. Yeah, I would say that's a good way to frame it. 
Uh, that is going to do it for your Red River Dodge Morning Rush daily question, Tommy. All right, Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. You can log on at redriverdodge.com. Before we go to Tom, I don't think we've ever done this before in the history of the Morning Rush, at least since I've been here. Let's go to Kazakhstan and welcome in Mike. Now, Mike is a teacher over in Kazakhstan. He got up at 4 a.m. this morning because there's a 12-hour difference between where he is and where Arkansas was playing. So it's halfway around Memphis. the world. Yeah. <laughs> the Liberty Bowl. Mike, good morning. I appreciate you or, listening to us on YouTube, man. Or I guess good good evening yeah, to you. you. Oh, yeah, good morning. Or good evening. Yeah. It's morning for you. It's evening for me. It's 7, 18 p.m. here Thursday yeah. evening. So uh, Yeah, I was up this morning watching the game, hoping for something different than the regular season, only to find out that it hasn't changed. And what do you mean by that, Mike? Well, we started out great for two quarters, and then all of a sudden complacency set in and just didn't want to seem to want to win the game. Yeah, it was weird. So, Mike, what, what do you think about them slowing down the tempo, trying to limit the possessions for Kansas and how that did the offense? Because that seemed to be the game plan that kind of ended up backfiring on them. Well, I've seen that happen all throughout the season. Arkansas gets out, they win, the, they, they have their foot on their throats, and then they let them get back into the game. And none, I don't see any of the other schools doing that. Alabama doesn't do that. I don't care who Alabama's playing. If they play some little rinky-dink college, they're going to smash them. They're going to put it, the game away. And Arkansas just doesn't seem to want to put the game away. Well, you do have some better athletes for Alabama. You got a better coach. Save Nick Saban. Excuse me, Sam Pittman would tell you Nick Saban's a better coach than he is. But I, I do agree. So Arkansas, what is that now? They won this game. Do you have four losses by four points or less this year? I think that's what it's right. I mean, you're, or maybe it was a touchdown or less. You had, as Mike was referring to, a lot of games that you were really, really close that you just weren't able to close out. Yeah. Well, I mean, over here especially in European soccer. When, they, when those guys play, they put the game away. They don't let the other team back in. And for some reason, Arkansas always likes to play to the level of their competition. I would, and, I'd agree with that. We saw it this year. And, yeah, they just need to learn to put the game away. Don't sit there and play with it and, and let somebody's betting money on the game. <laughs> There were some people that were frustrated last night with how that game concluded and over went. Well, Mike, we really appreciate you listening yeah. to us all the way over in Kazakhstan. Again, you're our first Morning Rush listener that's called us from over there, man. Actually, I've called you before. Well, thank you for calling again, Mike, and uh, thanks for making the yeah, effort literally <laughs> halfway around the world to call us. You bet. All right. good, ha good happy time, New guys. Year. Enjoy the show. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, Mike. Appreciate so, it, brother. I love technology and how... Uh, these kind of things can happen. Uh, just a reminder, not only are we on all four ESPN Arkansas stations, 97.1 in Camden, we're also on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch, as well as hitthatline.com. So wherever you are, you can always listen to the Morning Rush, Halftime, Ruskin, and Zach as well. All right, let's bring Tom Murphy into the conversation. He was in Memphis watching the Liberty Bowl. Our coverage of the Liberty Bowl is brought to you by High Tech Truck Refrigeration Service. Since 1996, High Tech specializes in transport refrigeration repair, also the repair of dry vans, flatbeds, and hopper trailers. They got tons of parking available that you can rent for low monthly rates, DOT inspections, batteries, lighting, rentals, and more. It's all at High Tech Truck Refrigeration Service, 6410 Alma Highway in Van Buren. Tom Murphy uh, was at the Liberty Bowl last night. Tom, uh, did you have some flat? We, we kind of compared this game to the Belt Bowl a few years ago in Charlotte against Virginia Tech. Were you having some some flashbacks to Charlotte uh, from a few years ago? Oh, absolutely. Even when the score was 15 points, um, you're like, well, you know, touchdown. Touchdown, two-point conversion, it's tied. Um, and obviously we knew that had they lost that game, it would have been the biggest uh, blown lead in Arkansas football history because right now that belt bolt is the biggest at 24 points. So, um, yeah, it was a crazy night. But the thing is this, um, you know, they got a win out of it, and it wound up being a game that people are going to talk about for a long, long time. So had 
had let's just say they had ruled properly on the Matt Landers non-fumble, uh, Arkansas wins by 15. It's pretty, you know, I mean, it's a dominating kind of a nondescript type of game. Now it's uh, going to go down in Arkansas football lore. Well, at least they won. I think that's what. Sam Pittman was really happy about in the the press conference. He mentioned guys stepping up, whether it was a Marion Harris, whether it was A.J. Green, Rashad Dabinion. Tom, what did you think about the guys that we really haven't watched all season that ended up coming up big last night in key moments? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jaden Wilson had, had a big reception and yep. had a two-point conversion catch. Um, you know, we had seen them a couple of times in practice for the bowl, and the pass game looked, let's just say, off. And you're thinking, wow, you know, if they can't if they can't complete passes against their scout team, you know, how's this going to look? But KJ Jefferson is a phenomenal talent, and he he kind of willed them to this in, in a way. And uh, you know, they ran for 394 yards. Uh, Dubinian had a just a monster game. I think if they had known AJ Green was sitting on 99 yards, you know, those last two runs in regulation put him at 99. And if uh, if they'd known they might have gotten three guys over over 100 yards, and it would have been some another spectacular achievement. Tom, Levi texted in, thinking back about this season, we were just answering the question, one word to describe it. You lost four games by nine points. You almost lost one by two points or one point, whatever you were going to frame it as last night. Like, how do you how do you put this season as we look back on it in perspective, as close as they were in some games, and then pulling a game out like this at the very end? Did we lose Tom? I lost him. Maybe your question left him speechless. No, you're good. Uh, oh, guys, I'm sorry. I hit the mute button. Oh, oh you're good. Oh, there you are. <laughs> you pulled a yeah. Richard. Go ahead, man. Did you? Did you sorry get... about that. Yeah, but this could this could have been an eight win team, nine win team, yeah. quite as, quite easily. Um, we all know the plays. We've talked about them a million times. But last night was the one game they didn't cough up uh, the lead, and and they win it by two points. And um, I don't know. Uh, you, you got the sense from Sam Pittman there was major relief. Because imagine the meltdown if they had lost that game. Of course, there was already a social media meltdown going on during the comeback. But you, to do that with a much depleted roster, and he pointed this out several times, think about the SEC schools that were down a bunch of guys and go in a bowl game and just didn't compete very well. I, 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 don't, I don't know how many guys Florida was down, but they, they were a no-show. And so uh, he was really proud of that. And I think when you look at young guys like Quincy McAdoo and, you know, Stevens and Jaden Wilson, um, Jordan Crook, E. Marion Harris, you know, they're gonna, there's going to be a different look to this team next year. And I, and I do think there's a particular strength in their, um, you know, in their lines that we're, we're going to start seeing a little bit more next year. And you, you mentioned the roster, and, and we talked about this yesterday. Chuck made the point here on the show that, you know, this is really a one-off roster. Uh, Dan Mullen made that point last night in the broadcast again that you know this is a roster that you didn't play with all this year. Uh, you're not going to play with it all next year. It's kind of for this one game. So win or lose, and you're glad you won the game. How much stock do you do you really put into the, to the performance and the outcome of what you saw last night? Totally, you're, you're right. It's a, it was a one-off roster. We'll never see that composition of the roster again uh, with 50 or whatever scholarship players in the game. And, uh, you know, think back to the onside kick. He said it, it's the coach's fault, though, that they didn't practice it. They did practice it, but didn't practice it enough. There were some dudes on that team who weren't regulars on the hands team for fielding an onside kick. I mean, it happened so fast. I'm not sure what the front wave guys did, but it looked like Matt Landers might have had a chance to come in there and, and, and get a scoop, but he wasn't super aggressive. So, by the way, I know a lot of people are frustrated. Hunter Juracek pointed out how good they have it with SEC officiating. I did not like the Landers fumble call. I thought his elbow was down. Mm. I thought he was cupping the ball. It wasn't loose when his elbow hit. And it's almost like, eh, let's, let's just make this a close game. Let's, let's let Arkansas <laughs> earn this one. Yeah. Uh, now, the, the targeting call, I thought, was, I thought was it could go either way. Um, I know some guys who are big NFL fans who were just furious about that call. And um, I hate it for Quincy McAdoo, but uh, I, I see, you know, maybe it was a sidelong glance along the shoulder slash helmet. Uh, but, man, that would have been a fantastic play to end the game on. And instead, they get the 
you know, Kansas gets cutesy and throws the reverse pass. And, the, you know, all the things Jalen Daniels did in that game, and then you leave that play out of his hands and the backup quarterback throws it. I, I felt a little bad for Kansas there. Yeah, we, we've talked about that play. We, we can come back to the officiating angle here in a minute, but how do you do that and, and put it in Bean's hand for the, the only attempt? It was as the play set up for a fraction of a second. You're thinking, well, okay, we'll go to the next down. That the ball was just thrown away. No, it's just poorly thrown. The game's over. Um, yeah. But it was a play that sets up and presents just like a play that. All right, everybody's covered. Nowhere, nowhere, nowhere to go. We'll get rid of it. That that was that was how the play played out. Well, it did. And from my perspective, I thought uh, Josh Bean had room to run. I thought if he yeah, decided to put his shoulder down, he he would have scored. But hey, man, Arkansas will take it. Um, it wasn't a it wasn't a perfect game, but it was a one off roster. Um, who would have thought they'd had a thirty eight to thirteen lead? They they came out ready to run the ball, and yeah. and I, I thought they had they did some two back stuff, they did some pitch stuff, they did some misdirection and some counters off of the pitch stuff. Um, they had uh, some special plays in the Ty Washington touchdown pass was a special play. Worked perfectly. Didn't work in practice so much, but it worked in the game. And Kansas had had them too. It was it was what you want a bowl game to be, full of all kind of fun stuff, dramatic ending, um, and the fans got their money's worth. So yeah. you mentioned the fans, Tom. I, I was talking to a few that made the trip. What was the comparison like between the Kansas crowd and the Arkansas crowd last night? Um, I, I looked at the national anthem, and it looked to me as if it was pretty close to. Uh, Half and half, uh, but maybe a few more Kansas fans. I will tell you that around downtown, it felt like a whole lot more Kansas fans. But I also think you had some day trippers for the Razorbacks. A lot of them. So um, I, I don't know. I would I would put it somewhere along the sixty to forty range, or maybe fifty five forty five. Yeah. Let's go back to Matt Landers for a sec. Here's a guy that people were speculating, oh, he's going to get ready for the NFL draft. He's not going to play. You referenced the fumble, but he did have that great touchdown. Also had another nice game where KJ found him, I think, on a third and five, 30, 40 yards. How much do you think he may have impacted his draft stock with the game he played last night? Oh, I do think it helped him that he played in the game. You know, And then he's a guy who, who got loose, and I'm not sure what uh, – coverage breakdown Kansas had on the 59-yard touchdown where there was nobody around him. In fact, there was about, there was at least six or eight plays in that game where there was nobody covering. <laughs> so two, two times on Kansas's first drive, they just schemed it up and there was no Razorback around. So, uh, But, no, I think, I think Matt Landers um, helped himself. Um, and, again, I, I just think that he didn't fumble. And uh, they made a bad call in the review booth. I, I agree with you on that. Uh for, for Sam Pittman, this was a significant win. It gets him his seventh win. And I was reading last night where, by the contract he signed with uh, with Hunter Yurchek at the university, that gets him a raise and a contract extension. So, you know, it might might have just been a, a win to get you to, to seven and six. But uh, for, for Sam Pittman, it was a significant financial win last night. Oh, yeah. And, and the thing is, I think every Razorback fan would say this could have or should have been a nine-win team. I and mean, you were right there with LSU and and uh, several other games. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, they they need to add some linebackers. They need to add some more DBs um, to, uh, to to be as competitive as they were this year, in my opinion. Portal's going to open back up. You'll start seeing some activity there. What do you think is next? Uh, some, I, I got to believe we, we think some staff changes are still on the horizon with a new defensive coordinator. What, what do you think the next week to 10 days looks like for Sam Pittman? Well, yeah, pretty crazy. I mean, I think Sam uh, hinted at that there, there were more changes coming, and I think he meant more along the terms of the roster. Um, yeah, you know, maybe some guys who didn't see the type of playing time they wanted um, and – and, and Sam, saying like this is going to be the year-to-year thing um, with the way the, the transfer portal is working. So uh, I'm not sure about staff changes. There very well could be. I mean, there were the reports that Michael Shear would follow Barry Odom to um, to the UNLV, and he may he may very well do that. But I think um, I think Sam Pittman is going to try to make it enticing for Shearer to stay. Um, the problem being. Either he or Travis Williams would have to change uh, and maybe coach safeties and with the other one handling linebackers. So we'll, 
We'll see how that works out in the coming days. I know you were in the stadium and not watching the TV broadcast, but finally ESPN figured out whoever was up in the, the coach's booth not was Michael not Scherer. Michael Scherer. Yeah. They kept showing someone in the oh. booth referring to him as Michael Scherer, who was on the sideline, of course, and uh, Richard Davenport even pointed out on Twitter, that's not Michael Scherer, by the way. And it, It's kind of entertaining. Uh, ESPN didn't have their best night either. So. Oh, man. Well, you know, we've been noticing. I know, I know ESPN's had a lot of layoffs, and there's been some bad Chirons, graphics, whatever you call them, lately and that, that's just another example I, that was probably jake trump the guy who was elevated to the 10-man staff um we knew that i mean all that all it took was asking kyle peter parkinson that where is michael Shearer in this game he's on the sideline i mean you, you can see him down there pretty clearly I thought it was so um, I, I you know the, the the internet was lagging last night I, I tried to have the broadcast going which is the way i do it and listening to that and i only caught little snippets in the second quarter when um, when it would actually play, so that was a little bit frustrating. I don't listen yeah. to Chuck and and Quinn. I'm a little disappointed, Tom. <laughs> was there a question? Do you mute him yeah. again, Tom? Hey, Tom. Before you go, did you get to see one second of the basketball game? Um, I actually did not. I mean, it was the it was during the post game where we pull up our stat broadcast and see it was a really tight game and. I just saw that the free throw shooting was horrendous, and um, Arkansas did no well. Neither team shot the three pointer very well, so I'll have to dive into that one a little bit later. All right. Well, uh, thanks for the coverage. We'll talk to you, I guess, uh, next year uh, here on the Morning Rush after we get back from the holiday next week. All right, guys. I always enjoy it. Thanks for having me on. All right, Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat, is that with us here on the Morning Rush? Hey, don't miss out on the New Year's sale going on at Cheap Sleep Mattresses and Furniture. Up to seventy-five percent off going on this weekend with clearance, queen or king size mattresses starting at one ninety-nine. Sofa and love seats both at uh, for only eight ninety-nine. So you can get the living room equipped for the new year. And uh, the sale doesn't just stop there. They got California king size adjustable beds and mattresses for just eight ninety-nine. They got savings throughout the store, and their stores are everywhere we're at. Bentonville, check. Fort Smith, check. Springdale, check. Conway, check. So wherever you're listening this morning, there is a cheap sleep near you. Check out the New Year's sale at Cheap Sleep. Again, Bentonville, Fort Smith, Springdale, and Conway. Shop local. Shop at Cheap Sleep. Brad's in Fayetteville this morning. Brad, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. What is what, My question is, why is... Uh, Kendall Bryles always take his foot off the gas so early. Why does he take it? Well, you know the OC gets his direction from the head coach, right? Yeah, but, I mean, it seems like the same thing in the Ole Miss game. Who do you think he got that directive from? Yeah, probably, yeah, Pittman. So, I, I, and, every, and I'm not blaming anyone, but everyone wants to just take pot shots at at KB, and there's points this season you absolutely should and can. But if his head coach and his boss is saying, slow it down, do this, he has to do it. So, and I, I get you're frustrated with how that game ended in the third and fourth quarter, but everyone's just ripping on Bryles for going slow. He is taking but that direction doesn't, doesn't from his boss. Football 101 guys tell us that, you know, milking the clock and, and, and working the clock to your favor. Arkansas had the probability of winning to 99%. At one point in the second half, I mean, in the idea to get the clock down to to limit snaps and limit possessions for the opponent when you have a three plus touchdown lead, I I don't know what you're supposed to do, Brad. I appreciate the call, man. Because and I brought I mean, this I hear up in frustration, Brad. And you're right, but I mean, at the end, the clock is your friend. Yeah, and Mus uh, Mus has to deal with these fans and questions like when they milk it and it's like well the offense gets out of rhythm they're taking shots at the end of the shot clock and things don't go according to plan it's disrupted the offense but it's not like it disrupts it or it doesn't disrupt it in other places as well you still ended up winning the game and it shouldn't again it shouldn't have gone past regulation it should have been a 15 point win that's what it should have ended up at you had the ball back with a little over three minutes to go you should have pounded it and the game should have been over it didn't though, but this idea well, that sports, so. the, what could have, what should is yeah. always well. I, what I'm coming from is the idea that we should just be bagging on Bryles for slowing it down is not probably the way you should go about things this morning. You can you can criticize I, I, it for other no, stuff. I, I, you're right. I, I but, totally agree. But I mean, to me, you run the clock. I thought I thought Kansas also made some adjustments. Arkansas made some defensive adjustments. Give Michael Scherer some credit with. The four-man front, I know they've run some of that throughout the year, but I thought Arkansas did some things, but 
Kansas made some some changes in in the way they did some things in the second half that um, I, I thought created some of the problems. It's football playoff and bowl season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. With 64-inch TVs everywhere, cold beer, delicious burgers, and you-know wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch all the playoff and bowl games. So bring the gang and join us this playoff and bowl season at our Conway, Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, and Fort Smith locations. Buffalo Wild Wings, your home for the big games. Roar! First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Now, let's talk to Clay Henry on the Morning Rush. Clay's a lot we can get into with football. We'll talk some basketball coming up next segment, but you can't say enough good things about K.J. Jefferson. Back-to-back bowl game MVPs. He was himself last night. Yeah, and there's there's just not a way you can go through without mentioning about 10 or 12 other guys that you didn't even – you know, you're scrambling, okay, who's that guy? Who's that guy? I, I think I knew Harper who Harper Cole, Cole was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I'd Harper seen him Cole. play on special teams, but really hadn't done much. Uh, and, you know, it's you got Marion Harris that really was remarkable in the way he played. I, I, you know, I put the, you know, the classes on him and watched him, and, and you know, he's making plays, knocking guys down. He's downfield. I mean, hit the guy is really an athlete. Um, you know, there's just a lot of different aspects of that game. You know, Cam Ball, you know, was was kind of throwing guys around in the, in the defensive line, and and uh, your two linebackers. You'd seen Paul a little bit, hadn't seen Crook. Uh, Jalen Lewis, I did not remember who he was. I had to look it up and go into the media guide and kind of study him a little bit. Um, yeah, it's just uh, you know. It's it was just a strange, bizarre yeah. game that at the end you say it's a victory and you just kind of leave it at that. Yeah, but I'm not sure how much of a building block it is, guys. I mean, we we talked about this yesterday with Chuck. We've we've mentioned it again this morning with Tom Murphy, and I'll I'll ask you, Clay, the same thing. I mean, this is a one-off roster well, that you know you didn't play with it all year prior to this with, with this collection of players. You're not going to do it again. So, I mean, yes, you get to a winning record, but I'm not sure you, you look at this and say, hey, these are the guys we're building for the future with. Yeah, Tommy, that's not it, though. W- what it is uh, is that you had two weeks to pull your team together mentally. And whether those guys are going to play a lot going forward, you set the tone. You know, apparently the practices were very physical. Uh, they, you know, their idea of the game was, you know, they, they knew they'd give up some yards, but they were gonna play more physical. They played a four-man front, sometimes a five-man front, sometimes a six-man front because Kansas played two tight ends. They weren't gonna let them run the ball. Kansas got 69 yards rushing. They kept trying to run it, which was a little bit of a mystery with the way Arkansas was playing. But, uh, I thought the tone of the game was that we're gonna be tough. And we're going to be physical, and we're going to play uh, with a different level of our pads than, and and that's what they did, you know, in those two weeks of practices. And no, it doesn't really matter who you did it with, you know. This is the way we're going to play football, and, and it was different. And now, you know, if they don't get the fumble on the the end of round, which we can we can all go through that, you know, what the replay guys saw and what they didn't see, you know, they they. You know, they didn't confirm it as a fumble. They just let the let it stand. Uh, it's a 15-point victory, and we probably feel better than than we do right now. Um, but it 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 was a fun game to watch. Uh, you know, Arkansas fans showed up. I was you know I knew you know driving yesterday that East Arkansas was headed that direction, 
and they all came in, and then they left. They didn't fill up the hotels, which is, a, you know, I, I didn't either. I came home last night, got home real late. Um, and But, it, you know, you, you can say, well, it's not a building block. But, Tommy, there's a big difference between 7 and 6 and 6 and 7. you you got a winning season and a losing season. And that, that's, you know, you've got, you know, you've got your coaching staff to kind of rebuild. Uh, they, they've got to just make some decisions. You know, what? Um, Michael Shear is calling the game and never called a game, never. And Sam said, "Be aggressive, stop the run," and, and that's what Michael did. I get where you're saying. Uh, I get where you're coming from. Where I would say we can kind of meet in the middle is if you had lost that game, it would have been horrible. Because you would have played your worst two games in the yeah. entire season. Particularly how out. you would have lost. Yeah. Them. I mean, you think about how you played against Missouri and Columbia, a place you can't seem to win for whatever reason. And then, again, if you would have blown that, it would have been the worst well, def- differential loss in mm-hmm. Razorback history. Just, so, Just ask Brett Bielema if losses like that matter down the road. I mean, it's for Sam Pittman to, to pull out a victory... We that, almost watched that, the belt bowl. Well, last I mean, time. that's a check mark against you that, that that never goes away when you lose games in that fashion. So to get that victory keeps that check mark on off your record because Clay, we've seen it before, and those kind of uh, you know come from behind victories by your opponents and the way you know Bielema had several collapses. Missouri, Virginia Tech are two that quickly come to mind. Those things are, are, are ones that fans don't get over very quick, and, and the, that that memory lingers for a, lo- a long time. So Sam avoided that uh, narrowly last night. He did, yep. And uh, But I'm not going to meet you in the middle. What I said is the what I believe, and that's where I'm going to stay. Sorry, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was more directing that at, at Tommy on that, but well, no, I, I understand yeah, you can that. Direct, you can direct him, but I, I'm not meeting you in the middle. <laughs> that is okay, man. All right, let's hear from Dalton Wagner on the quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, and what he meant to the team yesterday. K.J. played a heck of a game tonight, and I told him after the game, he played his butt off. And the last two years, been three years, really, been so much fun playing with him. He's got a confidence and swagger to him, and I think he showed it out there today. You could tell from the jump, and I'm going to be honest, I didn't believe Sam this week when they said they really wanted to be there last week and leading up to this game. I just didn't. I mean, but they proved not only me wrong, but a lot of the fans that were wondering, hey, is this Kansas-Arkansas dynamic, the fact that Kansas wanted to be there more? Guys, you almost pelted this team last night from the jump. Yeah, I mean, I never thought watching that game, and I know we all know what happened in the fourth quarter, but... I never felt like Arkansas was playing like a team or presented itself like a team that didn't care about being there. That narrative just, I think that's just a fan take. That's just a, hey, Kansas wants it more. What? Clay, I never I never watched particularly the first three quarters and said, boy, Kansas just, they're hungrier. They're just fighting harder. I mean, you know, Arkansas was pretty dominating in the first quarter. They looked to me like a team that cared about winning that game. Yeah, and the fans cared about it. When I say that, the ones that came, and you know there were fifteen thousand Arkansas fans there, and, and that's the ones at home cared too, Clay. Yeah, what what I'm getting at is I heard a lot of people say they didn't care about the game, mm-hmm. and they were people that weren't going to the game, but the ones that were there, they were loud, they had fun, um, you know, they they ignored you know some of the distractions of the game, which is the you know the the problems that they were having in Memphis uh, with, with you know with broken water pipes and everything, which is you know, that's an aging infrastructure. I get that. But uh, I never, and, and, you know, we do radio midweek with uh, Matt Jones, and we talk to to, uh, to him about bowl games. And, and he said bowl games are always great. And he says players wanted to be there. He talked about the Independence Bowl, the, the, the victory over Missouri. And I think Sean Andrews didn't go. And there was a narrative that year about, well, if Sean Andrews doesn't care about it, I don't care about it. Uh, but the people in South Arkansas, they rolled out and filled that stadium. And they did care. And so did the players. And they played terrific. And all you can ask for players is to play your butt off. And they did. They played really hard last night. And I, I, I remarked uh, to the people I was sitting with that, that it was intense on the field. And, you know, from the from the very start to the very end. And they, they got some problems in the secondary, and they're playing with guys that, uh, you know, a couple of walk-ons, their safeties, and they got targeted. And Kansas is good on offense. Now, they, they can't stop you. 
And, you know, Arkansas beat them up. They, they just blasted their best defensive end, who, you know, is their, their top playmaker. And, and they, you know, Dalton Wagner and Luke Jones, did, wherever they put him, that's where they went. And he's a really good player, but they, they had a plan for him. So, um, but yeah, and, and, you know, I, you know, sometimes I look at the message boards and, you know, this guy, this guy says, I don't care about the game, blah, blah, blah. Well, where do you live? Well, they didn't live anywhere close to Memphis. But the, you know, again, what I saw is people all across East Arkansas and Little Rock, they went to that game. Northwest Arkansas, probably not as much. Yeah, I I think that's your you're onto something there, Clay. You got to remember also. So Sam Pittman's going to hit the portal for all all, and I don't know the number that of guys he's got to bring in. He's already got four that are committed. I guess Greer just signed. I don't know about. I think Criswell and the other guys signed as well. Morgan. You, yeah, you've got to set up yourself as a player that's currently on this roster for next year. We're going to see some coaching changes. We're going to see some guys brought in. You have to give these guys tape to show to start out in spring ball that you're worthy of being first on the depth chart early in time. And, again, it's it's these little things that lead up to next season. One game's not going to single-handedly decide if you're a starter next year or not, but it's just these little steps that help you in that process to play significant minutes next year. That's yeah, what a lot of the young players looked at last. Yeah, you're, you're probably waiting a little bit long. Um how you determine whether you're going to be a factor on this team is how you're going to handle uh, first week in or last week in January, in February, and two weeks in March. Those six weeks, seven weeks with a new strength coach mm-hmm. who is going to put you through H <laughs> E double hockey sticks. I mean, me, Tommy, and Ty, we don't, we've not, none of us have been through anything close to that in our lives. Nothing. Nothing simulates, I mean, you know, going in there and running the board or whatever you did it, uh, you know, when you were in school, an internship with Bo. Yeah, it's not like what, you know, we can't speak of what that's going to be like. They will know what they've got as far as competitors and team players after that winter conditioning. And that's where you make your team and, you you know, the, the 64 team, they all say that they knew when they left the fourth quarter class that, that winter of uh, the spring of 64, ahead of spring, what kind of team they were going to have. That you know They know they are going to win the national championship, but they knew there wasn't going to any, be anybody that, that, that had done anything like that. So you got a new strength coach. That's where it's going to start. It isn't going to be spring practice. They'll know in spring practice who their players are because they will have already stepped up you know, over the winter. Is that the seedlings of overall team toughness? Is what happens no in six weeks? No question, it is. Yeah, yeah it, it's uh, in, in. You know, if you're one of those guys, how you've done in that. You know, some. You know, some step up. You know, the only time I've ever heard someone say, "I, I I'm surprised by how they played." Uh, Sam Ojibutu did not like off-season conditioning. He coasted. And because he just knew he was going to make plays, and Reggie Herring did not think he was a player. Houston Nutt kept telling him, "He said, just wait till you get to the scrimmages." They got through the first scrimmage, and Reggie walked around. He said, "Well, I made a mistake on that guy. He's our best player." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that doesn't happen too often. Usually, the best players are going to show up in that in that off season class, both athletically and mentally. T- you know, the toughness. But I, so I think that. You know, that's the first thing that Sam wanted to change. Uh, you know, that they want to get stronger. And th- there's going to be some new guys. And then there's going to be some new guys that come in the summer. Uh, like Dominic Jordan didn't have spring. And, um, but, but I'm interested to see even some of the guys we didn't see a lot of last night, like Isaiah Satania. What is he going to be like? Because I think he's a player. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, made too many plays in high school. I mean, you know, like, you know, thousands of yards, led the, led the country in receiving yards in a good conference. So, um, but the, the off season will start. They, they've, they've got two weeks off and then, uh, they'll, they'll be back and, and, uh, you know, it, it, it'll be all, uh, behind closed doors. None of us will see it, but it, I would imagine this would be pretty vicious. 
I would imagine, uh, yeah, some some people's toughness are definitely going to get uh, tested uh, with a new strength coach. Hey, since 1968, our friends at Teeter Motors has been the car dealer where you can meet the owner and he'll introduce you to someone who's been with them for probably 20-plus years to walk through the lot with you, look at their expansive inventory, and uh, then introduce you to their experienced sales and service department as well uh, to keep your vehicle running in top condition because they can do it not just on the front end of the business, if you will, but the back end, too, as well with their service department. In fact, Teeter Motors carries on a tradition that was started back in 1968, uh, now Denny Teeter. Uh, is uh, carrying on that tradition with a detail to service that his dad began uh, years ago, making a sweet deal for you. They got three locations now, Malvern, Mina, and in Sheridan, and they can sell you a great car at a competitive price. If you've been other places, they don't have the selection or they got high prices uh, that you can't uh, can't afford, you need to head to Teeter Motors. Again, Malvern, Mina, or Sheridan, and online at teetermotors.com. Remember, the deals are always sweeter at Teeter. Let's talk to Brent, who's in Stuttgart. Brent, good morning, man. Good good morning, Ty. You made it back from Memphis. McClay did. I did not go. We got some things we're shoring up here at the station, so I, I I stay back at home base. Oh, okay, okay. Is Clay there? He's here, man. I am Brent, and I did make it back from 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 uh, hey, uh, from M Town. I I don't know from firsthand experience, but you know somebody that lived in my house and and raised me did. He's, you know who this is, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he said, he said, uh, fourth quarter was hell, or <laughs> yeah. fifth quarter, whatever they called it back then. Yeah, they, yeah, Wilson's time. Yeah, Coach Matthews. Yeah, Wilson, Wilson's time was hell. I'm just gonna tell you. Uh, but uh, I was impre- I was impressed with who was. Uh, uh, Number eight that played tight end, uh, Ty Washington, and he's going to be a player. Uh, you know, he's he needs to be a little more physical, and he'll get that this spring. But yeah, he they like him, and he he's he's got a lot of the attributes of a tight end: the right body, the right quick t- twitch. You know, still learning to block at the SEC level. And number but he ran that play number, well. Yep. Number thirteen. Was it number 13? 13 is Jaden Wilson. Caught the two-point conversion. He hadn't he didn't play much this year, did he? Played some. Yeah, they they didn't they didn't uh target him much, I think would be the way to put it. He played on oh. special teams and um but yeah, his role was bigger in this game and and was targeted a few more times and Had number uh, 8 played any this year? The tight end we spoke about just I don't know that I've seen ago. him out there. Yeah, I don't know. This was a free game for for guys that had the red shirt, so he he kept his red shirt. Okay, well I'm gonna tell you this: who's gonna be a player is number seventy six, Marion Harris. Oh yeah, yeah. there. Oh, I watched him specifically, Brent, and he he was downfield. Uh, you know, he'd chip a man and then release downfield and seal up the outside for KJ on some of those quarterback counters. And he's a big man, and and he he's, and he's big got big. Man. He's got quick feet. He's yep. Joe T. Robinson. Is That's he gonna correct. Play, is he going to be inside or? or He'll be inside. He's a guard. No, no question. He's a guard. Yep. What happened to Tykeus Crawford? He played about four plays. Yeah, I think it was a bad ankle injury. Yeah, yeah. that's not good. Oh, okay. All right. Well, who do you think will be the other? Who do you think will be the tackle next? May, year? We may not have seen him yet. Yeah, I think in the, you know the, there's some guys in the portal. Uh, Andrew Chambly's got a chance to to yeah. to be the right tackle. I think he, they really like him from all mail. You got to see Just him up close and personal, didn't you, Tony? A mountain of a man. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He had some good, good athlete, him and Nico long arms. played on the same that same team down there. One on I think Nico played some some yeah. last night. You've got some you've got some pretty decent in state offensive linemen. Marion Harris, I just like that face mask he wore last night. But like you were saying, Clay, I don't you watch Trench play all the time, but I found myself kind of like you watching this kid just maul some guys last night. Yeah, because it's a big part of the game. You know, he comes in and, and his protection was good. Uh, mm-hmm. He he didn't make any mistakes. He wasn't offside. You know, it, if you if you didn't watch him specifically, you wouldn't know he was in the game because he didn't make any mistakes. Now, I, 
you know, they'll probably grade a few mistakes, but he, he, he was, uh, he's a guy that stepped up in the game. No question. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.